0: 60 years serving the island.
1: Manx Radio. The Man in Line with Andy Wint.
2: Am Mai, Good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Light on Manx Radio. We're open line today. Yesterday, the MHKs representing Douglas East were on. Claire Barber, the DEFA Minister, and Joni Farragut. Anything you'd like to uh, follow up on what was said yesterday, then by all means get in touch. But uh, anyway, at last, something is going to happen. With the Middlemarch site, they reckon by the end of this year, by the end of this year, 2024, construction work on a multi-million pound project to develop the Middlemarch site in Douglas could begin by the end of this year. The Middlemarch site is the bit where, uh, is, it, uh, is that still the new police station? Anyway, the bit between um, Walpole Avenue and Fort Street... Uh, That sort of stuff that's a bit of a part-time car park at the moment is going to be built on uh, ADG, the Darlington-based architect practice uh, record. It's going to happen opposite the Lord Street, (laughs) bus station, bus stops, let's be honest. There's going to be a three-story leisure complex, 250-space car park. Um, and uh, if the plans are approved, the Best Western Palace Hotel will uh, occupy the two stories of the building and transfer its casino operation from the current site on Central Prom to Middlemarch, which I guess is going to mean, if the casino is going to move, will the palace be closing down the rooms? Will those function suites go... Will the Chinese restaurant on the ground floor? Will the bingo go? Will the health club go? We wait, we watch, and we see for the plans for the Best Western Palace Hotel. But certainly by the end of this year, the Middlemarch site could actually see some action. And what's going to happen? Will that police station still stay there? Will he just drive around the back of the police station? And also, uh, Plan.com, that company that have made that see-through building there... They suddenly, instead of having quite a nice view, they're going to be looking out onto a building site. So we'll see, shall we? I just wonder what you think about it. Is it going to happen? We wait, we watch, and we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, Let's get to uh, the phones now. Howard's first on today. Hi, Howard.
3: Hello, Andy. It was uh, something I wanted to ask yesterday, but I left it too late. Um, The property people haven't. Um, trouble renting property um, well what we term now as social housing but the private sector um, if I remember the government were talking of MHKs were talking about bringing in a controlling factor that people have to live in houses for X number of years uh, before they could put them on the market for rent. Right. Which um, a lot of people find on this, that they're moving into um, rented property, and a lot of the building companies uh, have a lot of houses that come up for sale. And while the bank rates, are just saying to Chris, <clears throat> the bank rates were at a very low factor, It was a more economic way of um, getting a return on the money than putting it in the bank. They would buy a property, rent it out at a fairly high rate. So, in effect, the people, the tenants, were actually paying the mortgage on that property for them. They would still retain the property, which would be increasing in value all the time. And I know our own government had talked about this but talk is cheap, it's actions that was wanted and I'm just wondering whether there's anything done to follow it up whether there's any legislation brought in any rules, regulations otherwise.
2: Certainly not heard of anything Howard, so what do you you think the government should be doing where this is concerned?
3: Well well, quite a lot of the houses that were built up in, say, Governor's Hill were rented out and uh, quite a lot of them were being paid for, and I know of at least two, they were being paid for under the benefit system. People were living in them and they were on benefits. And that didn't mean a thing to them because no matter what the rent was, it was paid for them. But the company who owned the properties or the people that owned the properties uh, effectively were getting them paid for. Uh, The mortgage was there paid on a on a monthly basis, a nice little income, which is what they buy the buy-to-rent market was, and it's slowly fallen away as the interest rates are going up, although not anything that makes it worthwhile in a sense. But um, effectively, that market is still there, and this is why there's so many houses being built on the island that are rented. Yeah. And uh, um, the government, by paying these rents, on the benefit system are encouraging it.
2: So, h- how do we break the cycle? I mean, a lot was talked about yesterday <laughs> with Claire Barber <laughs> and Joni Farragher about the fact that there are young people who are tearing their hair out over here <laughs> because they simply cannot get on the housing ladder. In fact, the ladder is being moved away from them. So the ladder's being pulled up in front of their eyes.
3: This has been done uh, for many, many years. Myself... Um, I went to buy a house in Douglas many years ago, and I had most of it all arranged. And then the agent, as he was then, I, oh, I've been looking for you, Howard. That fella's not selling the house now. He sold it to another company. But it turned out that the company that this chap had sold it to was one he owned himself. So he was just moving the property round. He'd put it on the market and give the impression he was selling, but he wasn't. He was only moving the property around. And I'm saying this is quite a number of years ago. Uh, So I lost out on that and never got the property. But that was was over 40 years ago. That would have been paid off by now. Um, This is probably still going on at the moment. Companies coming in and buying swathes of property and um, flats and houses etc and the the, the tenants um, through no fault of their own are paying for this and the people are, re- are reaping the benefits because they'll turn round afterwards after Receiving all the rent, say, for 10, 20 or more years, they'll sell the property, which has risen at a faster rate than what the interest in the banks were.
2: And certainly, as you say, it's a business. It's a, it's a financial uh, business for many, many people.
3: It is, yeah. Uh, and it, it, became, it come to a head when, as I say, with the, the bank rates fell to virtually zero And the money, uh, they didn't want to lend you any money. They weren't interested in lending money or you borrowing otherwise because they were getting cheap money from the British government. And the same thing was happening here. People had money. They were getting um, large sums of money and they didn't know what to do with it. So they were buying properties on buy-to-rent and uh, at the end of the day they as I said before beat myself they still had the property they'd had that property virtually paid for by people coming in as tenants and they'd be on short term lease yeah. so you had no security uh but the way um the housing now it's, uh, when was the last time any council houses were built with any um real you know, quantity uh, that when they knocked Chester Street down, where the car park is now, that was in the 1950s, uh, 50s and 60s. They built Williston, and Williston expanded from just a few houses down the bottom. I was only looking at a book yesterday, and I remember the man Alec Moore. Um, he was the he was the mayor. He lived. He got the first house in 1950 three, I think it was fifty three, fifty four, something like that in Williston.
2: I'm trying to think the last social housing that was <coughs> built is that block of flats on Peel Road.
3: Yes, and that is nice. What are they going to do with um all the old flats? Are they going to be left to rack and ruin no, down? There? I, I
2: suspect somebody somebody's got a plan on a drawing board for them somewhere.
3: Yes, but this is where people they're talking about a fifteen minute village and there's all these bright ideas. There's somebody reading a newspaper from across because this is one one of the plans that they have across. All oh, 15 minute village. Let's do away with cars. But that's an ideal area when that was Big Well Street. All those flats were built there, and they housed. And I know there was. I knew a couple of people in there because one of the lads I used to work with when uh, after leaving school, they lived down there, and there were some brilliant people. There were uh, communities. Whereas nowadays, everybody, well, uh, a lot of people don't know even who the neighbours are. But down there, it was, um, it did, there was never any maintenance and of course, they were old-fashioned. They should have been knocked down years ago and the ones they have up on the old (laughs) Boy Scouts uh, place in uh, Peel Road, well, I've never been in them, but what I've seen of them, they look very nice. And um, They will retain the colour because they've got dark stone on the base. The same as the ones down on uh, the bottom, down uh, when you turn from Quine's Corner, if you turn right to go into, um, yeah, along the Lord Street. <coughs> I can't remember what the name of those ones okay. are. Queen Street, okay. alongside the saddle. All They're right. Corporation Flats. Okay. And they look attractive.
2: All right. Good to hear from you, would We appreciate that. Yeah. Thanks for Bye calling now. today. Jed's on now on Manx Radio. Hi, Jed.
4: Hi, Andy. A beautiful day. It's gorgeous, isn't it, eh? Yeah, yeah, very good. And just to put a positive uh, note in, uh, tourism tourism bookings looking very good uh, this year so far. Speaking to the hotels, uh, some pleasing numbers in already, so that's uh, a, a nice bit of information. But I'd like to follow up on Howard, really, and uh, this housing crisis, and how the uh, government seems to have a catastrophic approach to dealing with it uh, there's certainly no appetite for any quick fix and we've heard a lot of bluster and a lot of chunnering really about housing developments in certain parts of the island unfortunately a lot of them being on the green sites when we've got you know park road and victoria road and that was covered by uh, claire barber and uh, Joni uh, in the Program this week, but I'm not sensing that there's urgency here because this is becoming a real problem for all the reasons that we've discussed on the radio previously. Now, what I'd like to see is for our illustrious MHKs to start thinking about controlling the rental market. It's quite obvious that we've got a cartel at work here, and that it seems that our developments for new builds and our rental market appears to be like finely balanced, almost planned, poised, where it's simmering at the highest levels possible. Um, Am I being unfair saying that, Andy? Uh,
2: Well, I, I mean, let's put it this way. It is a business, and there are some very adept businessmen who understand how markets work.
4: Well, I mean, land is a finite resource on an island like this, and the citizens of the Isle of Man aren't in control of it. It's uh, external factors that are involved but you would th- you right would think
2: through. Jed that our politicians know this and we, you know we, we make a point of saying we can introduce legislation any time uh, and at the moment if, if that the, the home of your dreams is just drifting away on a raft over the horizon, surely we can call on the government to do something about that for young people, young families.
4: Well, it's our young people that are drifting away and relocating themselves in other places where there's a much lower cost uh, of living and, and more things to do. But before Christmas, we had that magnificent bit of action by the government, which was to deal with the uh, the gas issue and, and payments and customers being treated very badly. And almost overnight, we had pencil-scope legislation put in. Now, on the Isle of Man, we've got a rental market that a majority of it or a vast proportion of it is controlled by, what can I say, a small group of people or entities. I think that's fair enough. I mean, we know one high net worth individual who allegedly owns over 300 rentals. Now, that person is privileged to live on the Isle of Man and receives tax advantages that are proportionately much better than you or I receive. And why not? Could the MHKs and Timwald maybe look at doing some pencil stroke legislation overnight that says, look, after a year from now, um, you're not allowed to own, say, more than five properties? So it's not going to curtail anyone's income too greatly, but it would, it would also free up hundreds of properties on the Isle of Man. And that way, we've got a fast forward turbo boost way of uh, freeing up the market. You see, there's, um, there's a lot of
2: emotion in this, uh, in that... Uh, and I keep going back to the young people, and Claire Barber and Joni Farragher were talking with me about this off-air yesterday. A bit on-air, but off-air. And they were talking about young people. Claire Barber was talking about a particular nurse and a family uh, that had come over here to work. she worked for a few years. Her lease was up, and she was going to be out. Couldn't find anywhere else. The cheapest place she could find was £2,000 a month to rent... And it was obviously, it wasn't going to work. She was going to just leave the Isle of Man. This is a, a healthcare worker who come over here, trained, loves the Isle of Man, but simply now has no alternative, Jed, but to go.
4: And we, we're losing good people. I, I deal with uh, relocations. New people come to the island regularly. And I see this problem face on. But if the uh, legislation was able to be created, and I don't see what a great problem that would be, It could be solved within, say, a couple of years, 18 months. Obviously, there'd have to be some very finer details examined. But really, you know, planning on building housing estates and first-time buyers and promises of this and that and, and so forth, things just don't come to fruition. But by this, we could just say, look, you know, we've got to keep the Isle of Man open for business. We've got to make it fair for families to get on and prosper and surely you know when you've got say one individual owning over 300 houses that's not right is it really you know
2: i just uh, keep coming back to um the uh, to gibraltar and Gibraltar has uh, an ongoing problem of retaining young people, because obviously just up the coast you have Marbella, uh, Ventura, and everywhere else. And in Gibraltar, young people can purchase houses, usually flats, because there's not that much space, but they'll build another block of flats and they get a 50% discount, Jed, a 50% discount on staying on Gibraltar. And that's the way mm. the government in Gibraltar works, obviously if they leave with it a certain time, it to be paid back but they've got a stake in the place then at the moment here we the government don't seem to be opening the floodgates for and again i'll just call it this tide of emotion and people's lives you know so that we can we can if you like give it some verification get people so people can put roots down purchase a house even if it's a government mortgage if the government's got a pot of money they can open up to that but just give people some sort of hope
4: The benchmark and the values of this government and their approach to this problem can just be measured by the sites at Park Road and Victoria Road and other, you know, sites that have been derelict around the island and they've not been dedicated to housing for young people. And this would finance itself. So for the government to be so inept in providing housing and serving its citizens as they should, it just demonstrates that, well, maybe they're completely out of touch and they've got to start acting soon because, you know, people are leaving. And the other side of it is people aren't coming here. They're not locating. Well,
2: remember, they're talking about an extra 15,000 people, Jed.
4: Well, that's fantasy, isn't it? And really, uh, I'd love it for... One of your uh, guests, maybe uh, an MHK who perhaps isn't in coming is just to come up and try and justify that and explain it, because the rest of the Isle of Man is scratching their heads when they see that figure.
2: Okay, All right. Thanks for calling, Jed. Thank you. Appreciate it. So uh, making housing affordable to first-time buyers, what's going to happen to the Brownfield sites? There's a question of planning on the Isle of Man. I mean, look what's happened to Balasala. Look at the size of Balasala, and that uh, estate at Balasala is just about halfway finished. So remember, at the last census, there were 5,800 dwellings vacant. Vacant. 5,800. There were 200 dilapidated properties and 2,000 that weren't paying an electricity bill, i.e. using no electricity. So we have unused houses. We have um, a problem with housing in that so many people simply can't get onto the ladder because they're paying rent, high rents, and they can't get a deposit together. Could perfectly well service a mortgage because they're paying high rents. Now, who's going to break the chain? Is it going to be government? Is there some sort of private sector um, initiative that has to happen? But as it stands at the moment, as Jed was saying, we lose people. Do you remember that uh, survey that came out? Three out of the five people. So for every five people that come, within two years, three leave. Now, there could be many other reasons for them leaving, but adventure suggests that uh, housing is going to be one of them. Anyway, if you have some thoughts on this, by all means, get in touch. Text, email, call on WhatsApp. And remember, the new residents were aiming to get to a, a population of 100,000 by 2032. According uh, to uh, Mr. Cannon's administration, 100,000. We have eight years, a little less than eight years, to get to 100,000. Any thoughts on this? Got a message in from Terry who said, I, I love those little uh, 60th anniversary things you keep playing on Manx Radio, and I was fascinated by the TT Lottery one that came in 1965, I think it was. Uh, however, I heard a name mentioned on there that I've never heard on Manx Radio before, and that is the name Paul Squire. So I, I must admit, uh, Terry, I heard that name. John Grayson, I think, who's still alive and well and living in Devon. Um, the name Paul Squire. So we're trying to find whatever happened to Paul Squire on Manx Radio. Does anybody know? Do you know Paul Squire? Did you know Paul Squire? Now, admittedly, this is 58 years ago, but whatever happened to Paul Squire? on Manx Radio. Any thoughts on this? And this question of disposable vapes and getting rid of vapes. Any thoughts on this? Got a note in from Andy who said also the government-owned building in Lord Street can't function as a police station uh, as it's currently being used as a tea room for bus drivers. Is that so? Thank you, Andy. Here's Vernon with us now. (laughs) Hi, Vernon. Hi,
5: Andy. What I'm on about is uh, a building by private enterprise, which was done by the government. I know it was 69 and 70, because that's when I was trying to buy a house for my wife and myself. Um, And it worked very well. It was based on £5,000. I know which is nothing to anybody nowadays, but it was a hell of a lot of money then. And government put that forward, and we paid uh, on the the drip for it. And then, when we eventually sold the house, we had—I can't remember what the exact figure
2: was—to pay government back. Okay, so just go me go through that again. They gave you five thousand.
5: They gave us the price of the house,
2: which was uh,
5: built by McCards.
2: Okay, did you have to put any deposit down at all? I did
5: put some type of deposit down. I think I remember it wasn't very much. It was, I don't
2: think it was a £1,000 at the time. Okay, um, and it's a long time ago, this. We're talking 50-odd years ago, but do you remember... No, you... that's why I can't remember it but, about... but do you remember your feeling when you went into that house and closed the front door for the first time? Do you remember how you felt? Yes, absolutely superb. And at the moment, there are lots of people, young people across the Isle of Man, who simply will never have that feeling, Vernon, because they're not given the opportunity.
5: Well, I don't know why they're not given the opportunity, because to my mind, I think it's up to government, and I think Claire Barber and whoever else it was that was on the phone with you yesterday, unfortunately I'm up in hospital, so I I didn't have my phone on yesterday to hear it, so... um, you know, I don't know what was said then, but uh, all, all I'm saying is that all I could see is an uprising amongst the children. Or will I, well, the they'll do the they'll, island yeah,
2: they're, they're, As you say, Vernon, the their uprising is that they will take the boat and never come back. Well, that's what will happen. And then we'll be left with a whole
5: pile of old people. It's what's happening at the moment. And a lot of old people that are coming into the island to live. And the uh, maximum rent uh, maximum uh, tax that they will be paying is one one hundred and twenty
2: six thousand pounds, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, appreciate that, Vernon. Great memory. Thanks for calling today. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Talking about net zero, G on 313 says net zero is the money we'll have in our pockets after taxes. Onkin rates going up 10%, electricity prices uh, rising to support the government's continual fiscal mismanagement. Is that fiscal mismanagement? Hello, Vivian. How are you? I'm fine. You don't sound very healthy. Oh, I've got the wheezers. I've got the winter wheezers, Vivian. (laughs) Well, look after yourself.
0: Because the winter wheezer can go down onto your chest and cause greater problems,
2: anyway, that anyway, wasn't why you called.
0: N- no, it wasn't, but i was I've been listening to you, and I thought, God, he sounds awful. Um, <laughs> sorry, I do told about that um, right. I, I was saying to Chris, in the sixties seventies, there was a government mortgage, and we bought our first property that we were living in it. And we had a government mortgage that cost us a week's wages, which was £48. There were conditions that came with it as to what you had to do to the property. They didn't give you a time or anything else, but they just kept a check on what you were doing. And it worked wonderful. And it's a great shame that there's nothing like that for the young people today, to buy the older
2: properties and do them up. Well, you just wonder why that it, the the government knows this when uh, the the election two and a half years ago, apart from talking about green issues, housing was right up there. Everybody was talking about housing.
0: I know. Unfortunately, in years afterwards, we lost our house because the vibration from the road, being an old stone building, um. It gave a lot of cracks and the, the insurance didn't want to pay for it and this didn't want to pay for it. So we just got rid of it in the end. So, um, But I just thought you'd be interested, that's all.
2: That's fantastic, Vivian. Thanks for calling today. Quite all right look after yourself uh, thank you very much good to hear from you actually and uh, this uh, prompts me to tell you uh, by the way that there's a new weekly report monitoring the levels of respiratory illness on the Isle of Man this winter um, it's uh, the report highlighting the rates of respiratory illnesses such as influenza COVID-19 and respiratory Uh, virus uh, using the data collector by Public Health. And if you want to uh, fill it out, if you, like me, have got the the winter wheezers, the winter bug, then if you go to maxradio.com, look on our website, there's a a link to a story about this, and you can actually report your symptoms just to tell them what it is. Uh, One thing you won't be doing if you've got the winter bug is uh, using an e-cigarette, what we now call a vape. And uh, the government, the government, government's yet to confirm if it's planning to follow the UK's move to ban disposable vapes. Remember, two types, the ones that people buy and refill, but also the ones that you can buy and just throw away. And they are getting thrown away, remember. Bill Dale from Beach Buddy says uh, lots of these things are turning up on our beaches. They're being dropped in the street. They're washing down into the drains as well. The UK government wants to bring in new legislation by 2025 due to concerns for children's health. And this is the issue. The vape, the e-cigarette, was designed, it was created for smokers to find a way out of smoking i.e. smoke something that's not as bad for you as a cigarette. Now, the law of unintended consequences, these have turned out to be a route into smoking for younger people because vapes have found their way into the hands of kids, young people. And if you live anywhere near a school, you'll know. You get that smell of strawberries and candy floss when these sweet-smelling vapes are being used by young people. A minority, of course, but they are being used. Now, do we ban them, as they're going to do in the UK? What do we do about this? Do we educate young people, children? And remember, it was difficult enough to stop children smoking when everybody used to smoke 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Young people smoked. It was a way to look adult. They were all over the cinemas, all over the pictures, all over pop videos. So how do we do this? How do we approach disposable vapes on the Isle of Man? David, uh, you've got an idea on this, I think, haven't you?
6: Well, I've been banging on it, about it for a, a long time, and the government is so slack... To tell you the truth, we have a legislation that's waiting royal assent. Why isn't it in there? They they did a piece of legislation some months ago there, and it went sail straight through, and it's on the statute book. And here we have something which is indirectly going to kill children. When they get older, they're going to suffer. We're going to have people in the hospital all the time. Why are we doing something about it? This is what I can't understand why we're not actually doing something. or the, um, It's not always down to the chief minister, but really in education as well. The minister for education, what's she doing? What's the minister for health doing? Why aren't they getting together to say all these adverts? I remember watching television some time ago, it was some time ago, where they used to squeeze a lung and uh, black tar came out of it.
2: I remember that, yeah.
6: That was the most horrific thing, to put people off. Why are we educating the kids, putting their health videos on, instead of Birmingham School putting stupid videos on, because they haven't got a teacher? Now, that this, this needs to be done, and they can do it. I don't know why they're sitting around pontificating on other things. And the other issue is, what's the housing board doing? You know, we're all talking about housing, strategy, whatever. And we put a housing board together at arm's length, another organisation which we can't quiz, and we can't get data subject access requests on. They don't even want to come on Manx Radio to explain themselves. But it's taxpayers' money. And I just can't understand it. I really can't. You Andy. would think
2: you would think when we talk about the fact that the government wants to get us up to 100,000 by 2032 and yet we're yeah. pricing young people out of getting a stake in the housing uh, ladder on the Isle of Man that just seems to be it's it's just not common sense. I don't know whether I'm missing something that everybody else knows, but I just can't see how that is good for teen spirit, if you like, on the Isle of Man for, for um, uh, you know, the way that people yeah. feel.
6: Yeah, the other thing is too, the other nonsense that's going on about um, Summerhill Views it's called now, it's Glenside as such there. What's go- really, Andy, what's going on there? Because um, the one we did uh, when I was in government there was a, a contract that the private developer built it, the government bought it, Uh, and when it went out to to tender we've got a a contract there that just wants to be fine tweaked why do we want to bring somebody else in and what's going on we need to get to the bottom of that and i'm sorry the health minister can't use the organization he is the minister for health isn't he andy
2: uh, he certainly is. Yes, or not, but um, but they're talking about Manx Care can't, aren't able to staff Summerhill View. So yeah. you just wonder. I mean, if they can't get people, why 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 is the private sector able to get people?
6: Well, that's, that's the issue we need to nail down, I'm afraid. There's several issues we need to nail down and we're not getting to them. But at the end of the day, quickly, the ministers are responsible for the department. Tony Brown was quite right. The minister is responsible for the department. We need to ask the ministers all the time, what's your view, what's your plan and what you're going to do about it? OK.
2: Good to Bye. hear from you. Thanks, uh, David. Good to hear from you. Here's Tony now. Hi, Tony. <coughs> How are you doing, Andy? Good, thanks. Yeah, good, good.
7: So, uh, I know I'm a regular, but I I don't want to keep talking about the same things. Um, You're on about the vapes. Well, I just don't understand this, because this government managed to pass a bill about throwing people out of their houses for unpaid electricity bills, and they did that in three days. So what's to stop them, if they actually got themselves organised, to ban throw away vapes in the Isle of Man tomorrow. Why can't they do that? Uh, Again... I don't want to to listen to all the excuses. I want them to do it. Yeah,
2: that's interesting, isn't it, in in, in that we pride ourselves on being able to get legislation enacted very quickly. This would hardly be contentious, Tony.
7: Well, I I don't think it would be, and it would be something they could all go and trumpet about how clever they are. You know, the issue is, you have an opportunity here. We all agree that... Throw away vapes for kids is a, a disaster, in fact, for adults as well. So if you want to control it, just say they're banned on the Isle of Man. Full stop. Do chewing gum at the same time. <laughs> and you've got two things that kids do that w- will help to reduce the problems we've got with kids, with children who are, are, are basically being intoxicated by stuff they shouldn't be having to start with. And buy them all a toothbrush while we're at it.
2: So why do you think that the politicians wouldn't do this?
7: I think they don't have the will. They're more interested in talking about things like getting rid of the minister, the, um, the uh, what's it called? The, the, uh, the, the bishop, the, bishop. Vote, yeah, the bishop's yeah, vote, the, get yeah. rid of him, that's much more important than things like this. Um, I think Manx Care, if you want my opinion, they should disband Manx Care, get rid of it, go back to how it was, and then they'll have some somebody in charge that they can point a finger at and say, right, get this done. Instead of that, what we've got is a Manx Care which produces lots of figures about everything, and you've just said yourself on here, oh, you can find out how many people cough. Well, does that really matter? Don't we want better health? That's what they should be focusing on. Not, not telling us how many people in the world are coughing. Everybody's going to get a cough at some stage. The issue is, are they healthy? Are they vaping? I don't know. You tell me. Okay. And it doesn't really matter because it's a personal choice. But Man's Care focus on all the wrong things, as do the government. And we're running around saying we're going to have net zero. What exactly is that going to do for us? Oh. Honestly, what is it going to do for us? All it's going to do is drive up electricity prices. Okay. All right. So, Thanks, Sony. Anyway, there's my my suggestion for the day. They've got two choices. They can either get rid of themselves or get rid of Manx Care, or better still do something, and get rid of vapes. Thanks, Tony. Good to hear from
2: you. Cheers, That's 17 minutes before one. I've got a note in from... uh, This is Mike, who said he sent me something about Paul Squire. Uh, This is Paul Squire, who appeared on Manx Radio back in the 1960s. I've never heard the name before, but apparently there was a Paul Squire, whose parents were entertainers. He was part of a musical group called The Millionaires, who I think appeared at the Isle of Man in the 1960s so he must have been doing some freelance work on Manx Radio. Sadly, Paul Squire died, or this particular Paul Squire died, in 2019. Thanks for that information, the uh, Whatsapper on 667 who who sent that. Um, that may be the Paul Squire, whether it's our Paul Squire, but it's a Paul Squire who appeared on Manx Radio in the 1960s. My wife and I are Manx and have always lived here. We have three children, two of which have moved to the UK to bring up their families. One remained on the island with two boys. These two grandsons have no future here, says Pete. No future. They'll never get onto the housing ladder unless there are first time buyers' houses being built on a regular basis. So studying different subjects, but if they achieve sufficient results on their qualifications should open up so much more for them off the Isle of Man, thankfully. If I were younger I'd be gone.
7: You've heard the saying: when one door closes, another opens. Well, that's exactly what's happened with Santander International. We've moved our friendly branch team to the Santander Work Cafe at Market Hall on North Key. So, in addition to the great new location, you can use all the facilities of the Work Cafe and enjoy eats, treats, and coffee from our awesome cafe partners, Noah. We've also extended our opening hours to 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every weekday. Now, that's what we call a great move, Santander. Santander International is the trading name of Santander Financial Services PLC, Isle of Man branch, and is regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. See santanderinternational.co.uk. How do you really get to feel healthier? Eat healthier. ShopRite's healthy choice ranges make it easy and truly enjoyable. All over our chillers and freezers, food that even sounds better for you. Like the gym kitchen, protein packed frozen meals. Plant Chef, plant-based chilled and frozen food and free from ranges across the store from pasta to cereal. Better for you doesn't have to mean boring anymore. Try our range of healthier alternatives. Available now at ShopRite. In
2: life, we plan for birthdays, anniversaries and holidays. But what about planning for the unexpected? I've worked hard all my life. I want to make sure everything's in place for my family. Man Benham understands. We specialise in enduring powers of attorney, mental health receiverships and are there for you when mental capacities decline
7: Thanks
0: to Manbenham, your legacy is protected.
2: Secure your family's future today. Visit manbenham.com because peace of mind is the best legacy
0: Get your garden ready for spring with Riley's. Seed potatoes to garden machinery. Get down to Cool Road Braddon for everything you need and all your pet supplies and birdseed too Leap into spring with Riley's Garden Centre.
6: Tonight at 6
4: here on Thanks Radio, join Kiri Kermode and myself Simon Cock for Countryside.
0: We hear from a couple more
8: people from the plough match I went to last week in Balagur in Peel
4: I chat to Central Mart's auctioneer and farmer Peter Quayle about his acceptance of the role of captain of the parish of Maloo and I also chat to one of the newbies at the Ramsey Farmers Market, Tamsin Cormode from Little Meadow Farm in Jerby.
8: That's all in Countryside tonight here on Manx
0: Radio at 6 o'clock and don't forget you can download and subscribe to the podcast for free at Manx radio.com
1: The Man in Line with Andy Wit.
2: Here's Kelly. Hi Kelly. Hi Andy, how you going? I'm good, thanks yeah. What's on your mind?
8: I I've just been here listening to The Man in Line as I do most evenings. And the things you're discussing it's like I was listening to my local radio station here in Darwin this morning you're talking about young people leaving the island to look for better better climbs etc and you're talking about an aging population and and then you went on to talk about children and vaping. Well, all those things were discussed on the radio station here. It's like it's going on in your island, which is 85,000 people. It's going on in this island, which is 27 million people. It's a worldwide
2: thing. So, uh, uh, well, tell me then, in Northern Territory, have you any answer to the vaping problem?
8: No, it's, it's a terrible problem here. It's awful. There's, who's got an answer to it?
2: Well, we and, an and the other the thing cigarettes. is the other thing is Kelly this came out of nowhere. Vapes were supposed to help mm. people from smoking and suddenly kids have got hold of them.
8: Yes, they were, but if you think back to cigarettes, even King George VI was diagnosed and prescribed by his doctor to smoke them for anxiety, etc. It's um, different things for different things, isn't it?
2: So, uh, I mean, uh, we don't... One
8: thing replaces
2: another. Yeah, we, we don't know. I mean, nobody... Says... In the UK, they're supposed to be vanning disposable vapes. I mean, there'll still be vapes, but the ones that you can buy, the plastic ones, mm. uh, they're going to Yeah, I think be... they're
8: trying to do that here as well, yeah.
2: Okay, so... It
8: was I... weird, because, because listening to your programme this evening about young people leaving the island... And I know yours is smaller than this one. And then the aging population and everything you were talking about was the same thing we're talking about on the radio here.
2: So what's the solution to uh, to that in, in Darwin, then, in Australia?
8: Well, the government haven't yet found a solution, nor has yours
2: uh but, but there's
8: what is, I don't know what well, is the solution
2: well no, there is plenty and... there's uh, there's plenty of immigration happening into Australia, but of course you have the point system there, don't you
8: um Um, What's immigration
2: got to do with Andy? I'm an immigrant here. Well, I'm talking about people leaving the Isle of Man. We are young people. And that's happened for years and years. It's happened for uh, over 100 years. Young people have left the Mm. Isle of Man for a long time. But it's a matter of getting Mm. people into the Isle of Man, making it attractive and keeping the economy Mm. going. So if we're not keeping our young people, what are we going to do? How are we going to populate it?
8: Well, I know it sounds silly, but they have that same question here. And this is a bigger island, 27 million people.
2: I'm glad to know it's not just us. What's the weather like in Australia at the moment? (laughs)
8: Well, at the moment, all over Australia, it's stupid weather, there's floods, there's all sorts. And here in Darwin, we're having the normal January monsoon, there's floods and everything, the highways are closed, there's hardly any food in the supermarkets, but that's just par for the course in January.
2: Oh, good. It's It's, not
8: always sunshine in Australia.
2: It's not just us, that's all I need to know. Sleep well, Kelly, thanks for calling. Can
8: can Can I just say one more thing, Andy? Go ahead. Last, I think it was Friday. You were talking about the Isle of Man Horse Trams. Yeah. And you said they were unique; they were the only ones in the world. Well, I've got to tell you, they're not. There's, There's one in, there in there is,
2: Australia. there is one in Melbourne, I think, isn't there?
8: No, no, no. It's in um, it's in Victor Harbor, South Australia. Is it? Um, it's a horse horse drawn tram drawn um, drawn by the Clydesdales, and it's one. It's not as long as yours. It's 1.8 kilometres.
2: Okay. So whereabouts is that again? Tell us.
8: It's in... It's um, The horse... The tram goes from Victor Harbour in South Australia to Granite Island. It actually goes over a bridge. It's gorgeous. I've been on it. It's lovely.
5: Good. All right.
8: And, yes, the same trams. And, yeah, they're drawn by the Clydesdales. Mm.
2: They're not under threat, are they, look, they? They look the same as yours. Oh, right. Sorry? <laughs> they're not under threat, are Sorry? they, like ours?
8: Oh, gosh, no, 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 absolutely not, no.
2: All right, thanks, Kelly. But yours,
8: are, the, Hang on, The Art of Man, I think, started in 1876, and Victor Harbour was 1894, so you do have the oldest.
2: All right, thanks for calling.
8: Thank you, bye. Cheers now,
2: good to hear from you. Here's Brian now. Hi, Brian.
1: Hello there, Andy and viewers. I, I just think it's time, you know, we changed um, Manx National Anthem. Um, it's kind of outdated there now and and to be more in line with our government thinking and our government way, I was wondering whether we should be singing There's a hole in my bucket Dear Eliza This this (laughs) government is overloaded with bureaucracy where they go round and round in circles nothing happens and they're all back to square one again So what do we do Brian? but just just propose that we change the Manx National Anthem. We could either do that or instead, as they want to get rid of prayers in Tinwald, the chief minister could lead the singing instead of prayers to Fagans, Bill Sykes, Oliver Twist... You've got to pick a pocket or two. <laughs> and you really- know, just so we know what they're thinking is, just so it's out so we can all think up together. <laughs> all right. Anyway, that's just my suggestion. Good to so, hear from
2: you, Brian. OK. <laughs> OK, thanks, thanks. Thanks for calling today. Uh, Paul and Mackel dropped me a WhatsApp in just to say, I wonder if throwaway vapes are included in single use plastic. They should be, shouldn't they? They should be single-use plastic. Uh, Vapes weren't designed to get people off cigarettes, says uh, Grace in London. They were designed to be more addictive and more attractive to youngsters. It's by design. I think people are so gullible to the um, companies which only care about money and they're invested in pharmaceutical companies and food, which is designed to cause harm. They're in each other's pockets. We need to wake up to what's around us. We're good people with good intentions. Unfortunately, says Grace in London, there are evil entities at work, and the government can't ban them as they're under the influence of Big Pharma. Well, they can ban them. If the government wanted to ban disposable vapes. Well, they can't ban them. They could ban the sale of disposable vapes. So you criminalise the supply of disposable vapes, make them illegal, uh, which wouldn't do anything for people buying them off the internet, of course. People would still do that. However, do you think it's something that we need to do? If we have nimble legislative uh, capacity, do you think that's what we should be doing? Text, email, call and WhatsApp. Lots of messages in today. And uh, thanks also for did the Spring Valley lights get altered to benefit traffic moving up Saddleston? Have they made it so that the red was only on for half a minute longer for the roadworks being done to help? Please talk about the morning and tea time traffic. Ask the government traffic controllers if they can get the traffic lights on the main routes to work for those heading to Douglas on Green for longer than tea time heading out of Douglas on Green for longer. It's traffic flow to suit busy times and roadworks. Advise people on the best route in and out. It needs to be looking at, uh, says um, this messenger on 382. Uh, the Quarterbridge Road from Bray Hill and the road up towards Spring Valley has been beyond busy. Relief in traffic standing still. So, well, and well, it should all be finished tomorrow. I think it's scheduled to be finished tomorrow. There'll be a big sigh of relief. But we appreciate that. Thanks for getting in touch. Now, I did mention uh, that tomorrow we've got, well, actually, we've got two Ramsey commissioners on uh, this week on Manx Radio. The Nation Station celebrating 60 years. This is Max Radio. Yes, it's all happening tomorrow. Rob Cowell is currently deputy chair of Ramsey Commissioners, lead member for finance, general purposes, and establishment. So we'll be talking about the future for Ramsey. And uh, if you've got an opinion about Ramsey, he's also got opinions on a wider island issues, offshore wind gas, the Kroger gas and we'll talk about why Ramsey needs more room. So Rob Cowell is on tomorrow on Manx Radio and then he's on Wednesday. On Thursday there's another Ramsey commissioner but she's here in her capacity as the leader of the Green Party Lamara Crane is the new leader of the Green Party, has been since last year. She took over from Andrew Lang and Newton so we'll be talking about Ramsey tomorrow with Rob Cowell and about the Green Party and what the Green Party and they, they basically think that we need more democracy. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. On the Isle of Man. And party politics may be the way of getting it. Now we support a green economy on the Isle of Man. So if you, like me, will be reporting your winter respiratory illness... Go to maxradio.com on the news page, and there is a click through to that and tell them how you're wheezing through the night. Anyone can tell me how to stop, I'd really appreciate it. I agree with Jed, said John. There should be some houses that the oh, should be owner-occupier only out of the reach of speculators. What do we do? What does the government do? So back tomorrow with Rob Cowell from Ramsey Commissioners. Thanks to Chris Clark on the phones today.
1: W-I-N-T.